horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on Winning Ponies. You know, I always appreciate it because without you, just be me, Josh, this computer, and this cold beer. So we're happy you're here. That's for darn sure. Our guests today, uh, both of them uh, kind of from Kentucky. Uh, actually, I believe Chip lives in the Cincinnati area. Chip ba- Chip Bach is the he's the general manager at Turfway Park, and he's been along for quite the roller coaster ride over the past I'm going to say a couple of decades. We'll check with Chip on that, uh, but he's he's seen a lot of things at the, at the Northern Kentucky Oval, and he's there now for what's going to be you know one of their biggest uh, you know states of change uh, as uh, uh, Churchill Downs is, is stepping up and going to kind of take over uh, the reins i don't know uh, how that's going to affect the track in any particular way but also they've got their big races uh, uh oaks and derby prep the bourbon oaks uh bourbonette for the girls and the jeff ruby stakes s-t-e-a-k-s how jeff ever got by the jockey club with that i will never really know but he did but anyhow it is a derby points race and uh some good horses over the years have uh come out of that race uh you know it's uh, a little bit different uh, this will be the last year it's on poly track uh, as you know they are switching over to the tapetus surface we announced on the show last week but horses like summer squall and hansel they both went on to win the preakness and then uh, little et and animal kingdom uh went on to win the kentucky derby after coming out of the the spiral it's been called a lot of different things uh over the years uh, i've been to most of them i must say um but, uh, you know, they called it the spiral because it was spiraling up towards the Kentucky Derby. I think the th- first one I went to was back in 77. Smiley's Dream won it. And after that, it was uh, Bob's Dusty, Five Star General, uh, and Raymond Earl and Lotta Gold, Major Run. Those were all Smiley Adams trained horses. We thought they were going to change the name of the race to the Smiley Adams Spiral. But it's been uh, it's been uh, a lot of different things. Lane's End sponsored it one year. Mattress Mac uh, sponsored it one year. And, uh, you know, of course, Jim Beam was the, was the big original first sponsor. And uh, so since then, it's uh, moved up. And now it is the Jeff Ruby Stakes. Uh, he's branching out. I believe he's in Nashville. Now, if I, the Jeff Ruby's restaurant, you've probably seen it on a lot of the jockey's pants and go, if you're watching a California race going, where the hell's a Jeff Ruby's steakhouse around here? Well, just go east until you get to Louisville <laughs> and you'll hit one. Uh, he started out, uh, in Cincinnati with some partners by the name of Boomer Esiason, Chris Collinsworth and Pete Rose, I believe were all involved. Anyhow, Ruby serves a hell of a steak and now he's moved down to Lexington and Nashville. But anyhow, if you're and so he's, you know, always been a horse racing fan. We had him on the show about two years ago talking about 
how he was following the horses when he was in high school that a lot of kids back then weren't. But anyhow, the Jeff Ruby stakes. And so we'll, we'll be talking to Chip Bach about that. And then flying out to the West Coast in spite of all the coronavirus uh, scares is uh, none other than Byron King, the associate editor of the Blood Horse. Uh, he's out there covering the grade one, the big cap, the Santa Anita handicap. Uh, just think about the horses that have won this. Seabiscuit, Noor, Affirm, Spectacular Bid, John Henry, Ali Sheba. They've all been in the winner's circle at the big cap. And we'll find out who's going to be there this year because he flew all the way out there to do his homework to try to find out about it. But while he's out there, we're going to have to ask him about the San Felipe, a very very interesting Kentucky Derby prep uh, when you're talking about, uh, you know, Baffert trying to separate his horses uh, if, in fact, he ever could. But it looks like he's got the two favorites in here. Authentic, who just had a public workout in the Sham Stakes, and in the Robert B. Lewis, a thousand words, who... Uh, is also undefeated. So, boy, that horse just likes to find the finish line but not find it too far. He rates a little bit, whereas Authentic, from what we saw in his last race, really just pulls Drayden Van Dyke to the league. So we'll see uh, who Byron King likes. If he's back off the beaches out there off the uh, West Coast, uh, both the Santa Anita Cap and the San Felipe. So that's coming up later in the show. Those are the races we are going to highlight. As always, it seems like all this news starts coming out uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Here's some sad news um, that came out earlier in the week. It was Richard Gamez uh, died following a spill at Rolito Park. Uh, he, they call him a veteran rider. Well, he was 67 years old. Old. He fell from his mount during a race at, at Rolito, which is at Tucson, and uh, I guess he was struck by some passing horses. Um, so uh, sad to say, you know, you, you, you think about the tough life this guy's had. Uh, 67 years old, he's won 643 races out of 4,640. He's a hard scrapping. His horses over all that time earned just over $1.2 million, but he was dedicated. He was still back there riding, and God rest his soul out there in Tucson. Well, of course, uh, the the big race that everybody was waiting around for, and it was worth the show in uh, the Saudi Cup with maximum security out gaming Mike Smith and Midnight Bizu. It was a great race, a very interesting race uh, for maximum security. He was getting fanned out and then pushed down inside. Uh, but both of them, uh, it, was, it was a fantastic race. Now, We'll get into this more when we find out more about it, but Smith is being fined some huge fees because of the purses involved as far as he used the whip too many times in the stretch. Well, you know, in the moment of battle and the fact that uh, he's not used to running by international rules as often as he has to, he was urging her on, and I guess he just lost count. I, I think he had a maximum of 12, and he went to 15, but uh, I guess they're playing hardball over there, and they're coming down on him, and they don't, they're saying he could be 
out of the saddle for as much as a month, which I find it hard to believe. So we're going to find out. There's so much more to that story. I could spend most of this segment on it. But anyhow, just a, a fantastic show against the world's best horses and USA, USA. That's right. Maximum security. Uh, both of them, Midnight Bizu champions uh, in their own right here in North America. And, uh, so it looks like they're they're coming home, and uh, McKenzie's going to be on the flight with them, coming back to the U.S. They're not staying over there, while uh, Mucho Gusto and Tacitus are going to stay in the Middle East to train towards the $12 million uh, Dubai World Cup. At one point, the richest race in the world, but now the other race is $20 million. Now, this could have been the reason why they came back. The coronavirus, uh, fears of it, are shutting down the doors at Maydan this week on Super Saturday. Only the horse connections, sponsors, and media will be allowed to attend. There'll be no other people at the track that day uh it's going to basically be run behind closed doors uh i guess there's been 28 confirmed cases of coronavirus in the united arab emirates and they don't want to take any chances i know there's at least two grade ones uh on the on the card so uh coronavirus uh, affecting a lot of people's lives right now and a lot of different levels and now it's moved its way into horse racing. How about this news that came out? Karen McLaughlin is leaving training to become Louis Saez's agent. I guess what a lot of people forget is that Karen McLaughlin started out as a jockey agent before he uh, started training. He was uh, the legendary Chris Antley's agent and then became uh, the trainer for Shadwell Stable and Godolphin Racing. And he's going to return to those roots April 1st. Uh, and, uh, so anyhow, uh, hey, Josh, if you could cut your microphone there, you're kind of coming into my ears here, buddy. Um, so anyhow, uh, he said it was a really hard decision after 26 and a half years. Uh, but, uh, you know, and they treated him so well, uh, but he just said that it was uh, time to change. I know he's been very vocal about uh, the cost uh, of being a trainer, particularly like on circuit like New York <clears throat> with the insurance you have to cover and, you know, the, the wages that he has to pay for such a, a big uh, barn that he did have. He's 59 now. He's won over 1,500 races from over 1,700 uh, starters. And, uh, of course, he trained uh, Invasur to the Horse of the Year and uh, is uh, also went on to win the uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic. So, uh, Karen McLaughlin, and again, I won't go into all the details, but uh, it, it looks like um, that uh, Todd Pletcher is going to be getting a lot of his horses. So, uh, he's already got a relationship uh, with that outfit. But it will be interesting. You can go on and, uh, and read about uh, all that... Uh, He's accomplished over his career and, you know, the blood horse, the racing form. Well, we're losing one of the big ones off the Derby Trail. Mr. Monami, who won the grade two risen star, he's going to be out after suffering a mild injury. And it looks like he won't be back to the races until this summer, said Brad Cox. Brad Cox, of course, has plenty in his barn and he had a good weekend himself. But Mr. Monami could be ready for the grade one Travers. And uh, so... 
that chance was a big blow to his connections. Now, he's a half-brother to champion Monomy Girl that's in training with Cox and is doing very well herself. She just had a really nice workout uh, last week. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Monomy, we'll look forward to you returning. And uh, But again, to get back to that Mike Smith story, I just came across the headline. He was fined more than $200,000 and a nine-day ban. For, for, for that ride. Unbelievable. Excessive use of the whip. And I guess on one of the earlier races on the card, <clears throat> he forgot to weigh out and they're finding him for that too. Again, there's a lot more to come in this story. Well, uh, we'll take a look at some of the other races uh, besides the races uh, across the pond that we handicapped last week. The Fountain of Youth, put this name on your list, at Tay Indian, is going to the Kentucky Derby with the points earned. Patrick Biancone had a big weekend down at Gulfstream Park. Just a huge effort from the 11 hole. <clears throat> Came over, garnered the lead, and held off 23-1 to 1 Candy Tycoon. So easy. Held him off by about, it appeared, 10 lengths. Uh, so keep an eye out for at Tay Indian on the Derby Trail. As far as the Oaks horses are concerned, well, several went to post in the Devon Adele. Keep an eye out for toneless shape. She has never lost a race. Uh, trained by Safi Joseph, this rising star on the circuit. Uh, again, now she's five for five uh, after winning uh, the Forward Gale and now the Devon Adele. Tyler Gaffleone in the saddle of that one, in control the whole way in the Devon Adele. And the last race we had a chance to allude to, there were so many good races at Gulfstream Park, uh, was the uh, uh, the Gulfstream Park Mile. And the winner in there was the favorite, Mr. Freeze, out of the Dale Romans barn. Kind of pressured the pace and then just took over uh, a huge effort there. Fat man was second by an easy five. All right, that's a look at the national news and last year's big races. We're going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to come back. We're going to talk with GM at Turfway Park, none other than Chip Bach. I'm John Engelhart and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. As I told you at the top of the show that uh, Chip Bach, the uh, longtime uh, general manager at Turfway Park, uh, has been at the helm through many of the changes that the track's gone through, uh, construction-wise, horseman-wise, uh, purses. Uh, uh, I don't know how many uh, spirals he was there for, or how many name changes of the spiral. I was back there when it was the original spiral stakes and then became the Jim Beam spiral. And I remember all those races that Smiley Adams used to win back in the late <laughs> 70s. I think he won like five or six in a row. It was phenomenal. Uh, they were talking about moving it to the uh, Smiley Adams spiral stakes. Chip Bach, how are you doing? I'm well, John. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm getting psyched. I, I'm going to be down at your race uh, next Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. But it's just so so much fun going through, uh, y- you know, the winners because, you know, I was there for so many of them, uh, most of the time with a camera around my neck. Uh, in 1988, it was the Ohio bred King Post who went on to uh, uh, run, uh, I believe, second in the Belmont Stakes that year. And then, of course, uh, where the Summer Squall went on to win the Preakness, Hansel won yeah. the Preakness, uh, Little Little E.T. won, won the Derby. And then, uh, of course, uh, we, we had uh, Animal Kingdom. Uh, go on yep. to win. So uh, it, it, it stood the test of time. I know its gradings have been up and down and things like that, but uh, how many of those have you been there for? And what, what do you think about the evolution of the race? And then we'll get to the evolution of the track. Sure. So I've been here 20 years. Uh, you know, I came uh, when, you know, we were still, a, uh, the race was, was a pretty big deal, you know, and, as our purses dwindled and as our infrastructure uh, started aging, you know, the, the race kind of followed that pattern. You know, it went from, a, a, I believe, a grade two to grade three. Um, we, when we had, uh, we had, when they went to derby points, you know, we had 50 to start off with and, and we, we went down to 25 a couple of years ago. And so, unfortunately, you know, I was, I was here to see, uh, both the racing product and the facility deteriorate. You know, um, this, this, we're still very obviously very proud of the spiral stakes. Uh, now it's the Jeff Ruby stakes, of course. And, you know, we've got a great partner in Jeff Ruby who loves racing and loves our jockeys. And uh, he's put a lot of energy back in the last couple of years of the race. Um, one thing that I could have never dreamed of happening that happened in October is Churchill Downs purchasing Turfway Park. Uh, with the intention of 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 bringing it back to its for, former glory and then some you know so they've uh, they've made a uh, many statements to the fact that uh this race uh will be improved upon uh they're working on improving all aspects of our our facility and our racing surface 
So uh, I'm excited that I'm here, uh, that we've made the turn, uh, and that and that this meet has been tremendous uh, with the purses. They've doubled our purses this this meet. And uh, with the uh, advent of the HRM, the historical horse racing machines that we'll have here to generate more purse money, have a, a real engine for purse money on the grounds, uh, we are just really excited about what's going to happen here. Yeah, and, and, and with good reason. Now, I admire you, Chip, because you have withstood the test of time. I'm trying to, because it's changed hands, not only with individuals like uh, Jerry Carroll and the such, but then you've had several casino owners. And now, how many different people did you have to work for over those 20 years? Yeah, so it, it's changed quite a bit. You know, we had uh, we had uh, Harris and Keeneland and GTEC. You know, they bought it from Jerry Carroll, and then it went to Harris and in Caesars, and then uh, Caesars uh, started managing it. We had uh, uh, the uh, Jack Entertainment folks come in after Caesars, and they they had owned it for a, a, a long while. And you know, uh, outside of Keeneland, nobody really had the respect, uh, and, and to their you know they they just didn't understand it, the respect and of the heritage of racing and 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 the beauty of the game. And so it was kind of a hang on type of thing. Um, with with their investment, you know, I can say the Jack, the Jack Entertainment folks took a, you know, they really took a beating. But they 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 were a small operation. Uh, they had a lot of casinos, and they just didn't have the bandwidth uh, to provide uh, to to take us to the next step in terms of you know uh, their attention was on their casino. So, uh, you know, I had been in several places where we we thought we were making the same turn we're making now. And it just didn't just didn't happen, and um, and I'm just so glad a, a racing entity and the best racing entity in the world has taken the reins here, and it's uh, I couldn't be more excited. Well, I was excited when I saw those purses because, as you know, I'm good friends with a lot of people that that work there, both at the track and on the backstretch, the train trainers and jockeys and people like that. Um, and from what I've been reading, uh, Evan Hammond wrote a great story on you guys in the blood horse, uh, even though it was called lights out, actually it's going to be spotlight on, uh, with, with Churchill taking over. Uh, I, I think it's, it's going to be very interesting. And so I, I, now I'm hoping because you're there, you're the last bastion sooner or later, we know that building's coming down. As a matter of fact, you probably know what date it's coming down. Are, are you going to make sure that you save the treasures like that, that are up on that fifth floor that lead down to the VIP party area? And because th- th- there's so much history there, people forget that it was originally the you know Latonia, you know, uh, back in the the fifties. Yeah, and, and and Churchill's been very careful to give us that direction of photographing. Uh, all of our memorabilia that we have, you know, we've we've pulled the uh, the little blinker sign down already. We've had it, you know, we've had it professionally detached from the wall. You know, the little carnival sign up on the fourth floor, and sure. we'll do the same with the turfway sign on the second floor. Uh, all the pictures, and and you're exactly right when when you go through the iterations of what the racetrack has been here in Northern Kentucky from the old Latonia uh, from the 1880s to the you know 1939. Uh, than this one from 59 forward, uh, it, it really is. I've, I've seen a lot more people feeling sort of uh, bittersweet about 
the fact that it's going to come down, and it will come down very soon. I think I have five days to get everything out of this building after our last race day. Oh, my and then God. They're, and then they're pulling it down. So uh, they are moving with intention, uh, with great intention for this facility. And um, and I can't say it's that, you know, I've got uh, that bitter for me. You know, it's uh, I know all the leaks, and, 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 and it's been a great facility for what it was built for. Um, it's, it stood, it's test of time, but it's, it's just a new era in horse racing and our facility, our experience for our patrons, uh, the purse money for the horsemen that have hung in with us, uh, it all needs to be improved on every level. And that's what we plan to do. Well, Chip, it, it had to be tough on you because I'm sure, you know, people are looking to you, you're the GM, but then, you know, that you, you've had many different bosses and people are saying, Hey, you know, Chip, why don't you fix this? Or when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? And it's like, you know, when you know you're going to sell a property, you know, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about these different entities. They're not going to invest a whole lot of, uh, you know, money into, into fixing the place up. And you, you know, you're the last man standing. So I'm sure people were looking to you going, Hey, Chip, when are you going to fix this? He's like, Hey, has you seen my checkbook lately for repairs? That had to be yeah. a tough go. Yeah, no, I didn't, you know, you can't blame up, you know, and you're right. The, when the when it was, it, it was never made uh, evident to me. You know, I was told we're, we're, we're not going to go forward with the the last uh, construction project. And so I could read into that, but uh, they were careful to keep me out of the those details. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was, it was difficult. There were a lot of very uncomfortable uh, Kentucky Horse Racing Commission meetings that I sat through representing Turfway. And, um, and, you know, nobody wanted this place to be improved more than, than I did. So it was, it was, it's very difficult to hear people criticizing the facility and the experience when I know in my heart, as do our team members, that that's everything everybody else wanted as well. Well, I'll tell you what, Chip, you, you, uh, you, you, you dropped a pleasant bomb on me just before we went on air in, in that you are, you are having a fond adieu to the many uh, generations and changes in the track. I think that's sensational. I really do. Yeah, no, there's been so many people that have been so important to, our, to this track over the years. And obviously, it's 60 years old, six, almost 61 years old. And, and a lot of those people are gone now, you know, that, that have given their life uh, to the racing industry and to Turfway Park. And we'll, we're going to try our best to, to uh, acknowledge them. And for the people that uh, are still around like us, right, we, we want to get everybody <laughs> together and we're going to have a, a, uh, uh, an invitation-only type of dinner to, to honor them and to, and to kind of take Turfway to, back to ourselves. A private, a private little dinner that we can all enjoy each other's company and remember the the old gal uh, before uh, before she gets uh, knocked down. Well, you know, you've been through so many, you know, some major changes. Now we talked about some of the things where, but I mean, the first track in North America to ha- to have poly track. That's right. I was the second rider on poly track in North America. So Wayne Mogi beat me out in the saddle by a, like an hour. I didn't realize that. I told Bob Elliston I wanted to be the first rider on poly track. And apparently I was too, I was a little too slow in saddling up my pony at the time. But, uh, but yeah, uh, poly track has been uh, a, a tremendous uh, advantage for us for the times we race. You know, obviously um, uh, combined with its, uh, its ability to adapt and in, in, in our ability to run in, in certain in tr- in very treacherous weather, 
At the same time, you know, we've had a very good, and I knock on wood when I say this, we've had a very good safety record with it, um, especially when, uh, you know, our horse population was was not the best in the world. Uh, and those are the things that, you know, we're very we're very proud of. You know, I, I when I talk about the racing surface, uh, just prior to Polytrack going in, you know, the worst day in all our lives at Turfway was the day we lost Mike Rowland uh, to a racing accident. And yeah. up until that time, I probably thought racing was just a fun, interesting sport. And I really never, uh, the impact of what these jockeys uh, put on the line every time they line up behind the starting gate uh, is never lost on me since that day. So his spirit, you know, that was 2004. His spirit still uh, runs through us all, and, and we know what, what's at stake every race and how important it is to make sure that, that everything is prepared as best we can uh, for any given day. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I was having a conversation with different people, and we were kind of talking about it, going, you know, where do you go to get polytrack these days? <laughs> it's like uh, sooner or later, there's, there's a finite uh, supply of it. So uh, you've seen a lot of the good tracks uh, moving to the Tapeta. That had to be good news when you heard that from the Churchill camp. Yeah, that, you know, and, and to Churchill's credit, that was their first order of business was to lock in uh, with the Tapeta people, the Dickinsons, to to make sure they knew this track had been here and served its its time from 2005. You know, we 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 have had Mick Peterson, you know, the track specialist, come up here and analyze our surface. And when we needed to add either wax or oil or fiber, we'd do it to maintain a standard surface. But at some point in time, you just need to change it. And the new Tapita surfaces are so um, technologically advanced that uh, we're going to get a, a really good first-class surface here to run uh, next, next December. Well, Chip, that just just a thought. I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but you know, as a, as a longtime marketing guy, uh, I'm thinking shot glasses of Polytrack might be nice giveaways <laughs> on Spiral Day. You know, well, I don't, you don't know what's mixed up in that Polytrack. I can tell you. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm not, not saying sure. to drink the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's an idea. You you know, I, I never it never crossed my mind. Yeah, I mean, somewhere there's got to be a you know, a crystal glass of it or so, you know, again, you know, with the things that you're saving for, uh, for Churchill, you might want to give this, I guarantee you there'll be people out there with spoons and scoops saying, I want a piece of this track. Cause I, I know this for a fact. There's a few guys that are ashes are scattered across that place. Oh, more than uh, a few, more than a few there, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, again, that's how that reflects on the love that our patrons have had, uh, for this track for many, many years. You know, we, We've seen a ceremony or two, so yeah, and and the base of the track uh, is going to stay. You know, we're going to repair if any repairs are necessary, and then put the tapete on top of it. So, so those people are still with us at the finish line. So um, now, will will the grandstand come down and start to be rebuilt, and then you'll do the track, or vice versa? No, the track. Um, they'll. The plan is the the track is coming down in April. It's coming down right away. Or the, I'm sorry, the facility. The right. track is coming up. Uh, the poly track is coming up at at the same time, so it's a parallel project, and we anticipate that the racing surface will be ready for our next race meet in December. That that's that's awesome. Now, of course, with, with Churchill at the reins, uh, it wouldn't be beyond our wildest dream to think that maybe a few more Derby points with the Tapeta and with the Churchill ownership could be added to the spiral stakes. Well, you know what. Let's see what happens, you know. So, 
Um, I know they have a, an interest in making this race uh, a, a predominant derby prep, and you know we we have talked. Uh, it's not going to happen this year about potentially even putting a dirt track in the center and things like that. So uh, they are being thinking way outside the box in terms of this property and how to establish a first-class racing operation. Yeah, I mean, even as Polytrack, we, we named those horses at the top of the show that that, that came out of your race. Uh, but I'm thinking with horses that do have, you know, Golden Gate and I believe Woodbine and yeah. uh, is it Arlington? Prince I mean. Kyle. Yeah, so I'm I'm starting to think you you might get some uh, uh, big horses out of those places that aren't afraid to, uh, to 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 run on synthetic, especially since they're familiar with Tapeta or if I'm saying it wrong, Tapita. Um, Tapita, yeah. I'm I'm thinking that that's going to be an advantage too, and it's still a legitimate Derby prep, especially where you're placed on the calendar. Yeah, I think so too, and uh, and and we are Derby prep right now. You know, we are we're we're poised to complement the Keeneland Derby races. You know, um, you, you don't have to win the bluegrass if you win our race. You, you can you can fare well in the bluegrass and still uh, get a chance to sh- get your horse in the Kentucky Derby. So, you know, I guess back when John Battaglia conceived the place, conceived the race, he, he thought of it as spiraling up to the Derby. So I don't think, you know, he never actually thought that this would be a win and you're in type of race. He, you know, I think Mike would tell you, that this was always a race that uh, that it was it was on that road to the Derby. Well, with Churchill behind you, uh, Chip Bach, I think it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Uh, but I will be there to witness the last one on Polytrack a week from Saturday. So I look forward to seeing you, and uh, I congratulate you on weathering the storm through uh, ownership and all the the physical plant uh, changes that have happened there. Uh, you've been a really good leader, and everybody I, I know really likes you at the helm. Well, I tell you, it's a privilege to run a Kentucky racetrack. And that's not lost. I mean, in the fact that Churchill's, uh, I'm being, I'm allowed to work with Churchill is just a bonus. But it's always been a privilege, and um, and I've I've enjoyed every minute of it. That is fantastic. Well, uh, we've been listening to the general manager Chip Bach uh, at Turfway Park, uh, covering decades uh, that that he's been there and. Uh, that kind of some of the historical perspective of what that track brings to Kentucky racing. It continues it as a, uh, a year round Kentucky surface. So, uh, Chip, I thank you so much for joining us tonight and I hope you'll all stay on because now we got a guy that's covered more than a share of races at Turfway park, but he's out at Santa Anita today. And his name is Byron King from the blood horse. I'm John Engelhart and you're listening to winning ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. 
Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, a guy who is no stranger to this audience, and that's none other than Byron King, who I now believe is serves as an associate editor uh, at, at the Blood Horse. Byron, how are things out in sunny California? They're delightful, my friend. They are. There is just beautiful sunshine out here and mild temperatures. It is. Uh, it's a tough gig, but somebody's got to do it, and it might as well be me. I agree. Well, you've worked hard for it over the years, and 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 you deserve it. Uh, you know, and, and I'm just so glad you bullied your way through the coronavirus and defied it. You know, I'm going to fly out there on a plane and a tin can with people coughing. And, you know, you're a tough guy. You, you do it for the game. You do it for the blood horse. Uh, but uh, so so you're out there. I know you're covering the sanity to handicap, but I trust that uh, – You'll also be covering the, the, the San Philippe because I'm reading stories online that you've written. But, you know, the sanity to handicap, you know, we were just talking with Chip about, you know, the history of, you know, Latonia, Turfway. And, uh, you know, it's, it's now then for a long time, I hope. But, boy, the history of the sanity to Derby, of course, you know, anybody that uh, – watched uh, the, the the movie uh, Seabiscuit uh, realizes this was always his goal was was to win the sanity to handicap and then you start you start going through there and, and, and you look at this who's who now Seabiscuit was back in 1940 uh, but then you know the, probably the most famous horse nobody knew nor uh, won it uh, 10 years later uh, but then you, you move up with uh, just some amazing horses horses that went on to long careers like uh, Cougar the second how about a triple crown winner by the name of a firm spectacular bid 
John Henry. Uh, I was watching those races. Uh, Ali Sheba. I mean, you really stamp yourself as uh, one of the greats uh, if you win uh, this race. Of course, horse that was uh, nominated to the, the Hall of Fame uh, this week, uh, Game On Dude, won this race three times. Um you know, I, I, I hope uh, that there's somebody in this field that can represent the quality of, of the histor- the history that goes into this race. And you rattled off some of the legends. I mean, and there's just so many of them. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's really staggering. And unfortunately for the Santa Anita Handicap, it has paled in comparison to other lucrative races over the last 20 years because of the... You know, the introduction of the Dubai World Cup uh, really hurt it for, for a number of years. And, of course, the Pegasus this year, or the Pegasus and, and the Saudi races, um, you know, have further added competition. But it started out, it was like the big the big stakes race. You know, back in the days of Seabiscuit, it was the big hundred grander, which, you know, you go back to 1940, you know, that's a heck of a lot of money, a hundred grand was a- back then. <laughs> Yeah, it's a million-dollar race, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so it's a heck of a good race. You know, I I think in terms of its history, uh, I I think this is not a vintage renewal by any means. You do have the defending champion in the race in gift box, and I I think a unique historical aspect of this race, given that you you brought it up, is um, trainer John Sadler and owner uh, Ronus Racing they're bidding for their third straight or a three-peat. They also won it with Accelerate um, before Giftbox had won it last year. So, And no one has won it three times in a row. So, uh, And they have the favorite again. Giftbox is six to five. Midcourt is the, the second choice at two to one. And he is a, a streaking, very hot horse right now. He's won five out of his last six. So they are the principal players. I would say anybody other than one of those two winning it would be, you know, a a nice wallet fattening uh, payoff for someone to collect. Yeah, I mean, beyond those two, the only other horse I even gave a second look to was Hofberg, and that's because I was such a sucker. I after he won the Florida Derby and with Bill Mott, uh, he was my Derby horse uh, against Justify, and well, we all saw how that story finished. Uh, but he's had kind of a checkered past. He only raced once in 2019, and then uh, in his return this year, uh, could only get up for seventh in the mine shaft he's five now uh but nonetheless you know a judmont homebred by tappet trained by billy mott uh, but I- i'm just saying if there's even another horse outside a gift box and midcourt to look at it'd be him but it, it looks like a two-horse race anyway you cut it yeah i i've never been a big hofberg fan he obviously did run third in the belmont that year to to justify and he was uh you know he's run some good races but he's also just like ever since, oh, I guess the summer of his three-year-old year, he's just largely been a disappointment. They tried him in blinkers a couple times. It didn't work. He did win allowance race, but he's just kind of been underachieving at the uh, at the windows. And uh, even though he'll be a better price this time around, I'm not too keen about him. But I tell you, I, I really like in this race, though I respect Giftbox, I really like Midcourt. I think Midcourt is a really promising 
improving horse and trainer John Sheriffs has just done an amazing job with this horse. He he didn't want to train in the beginning and um John is a very patient guy who's worked with this horse, so has his jockey Victor Espinoza and when he puts it all together, um this horse is capable of really, really good things. He used to break poorly and circle the field and you know obviously you're giving up a lot of ground when you do that kind of thing but in two of his last three starts he's broken a lot better he's put himself in the race and he's just kept on rolling and i think a mile and a quarter is just going to be right up his alley he's never run the distance but he's two for two at a mile and an eighth so i like him to to beat gift box all right. Well, uh, another race that, that you're going to get to see is the San Felipe. And quite frankly, as a guy that, that loves his, uh, his uh, racing history, for people that aren't familiar with the San Felipe, it's a, a great uh, springboard uh, for some to uh, the Kentucky Derby. I mean, you can go back to 64 with Hill Rise. Let's not forget a nice little horse in 78 called Affirmed uh, that, that won this race. And uh, another one in 89, Sunday Silence. So uh, let's face it, with Baffert having probably two of the top horses in here, it, there's a very good chance that you might be seeing a, 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 a oh, I left off California Chrome. Uh, you, you could be seeing the legitimate Derby uh, horse in, uh, in, in the Saturday San Felipe. Oh, for sure. This is, this is a very, very good race. It's not incredibly deep. It's not a really super large field, which of course is kind of typical for California at the moment, but Forget just the two Bafferts, who are really, really good, authentic and thousand words. You throw in Storm the Court, who's the uh, you know the two Champ. champion of last year. Then you add this horse, Honor AP, who was very flashy. He hasn't run this year, but he was, he debuted with a second to Ginobili, who's a very fast horse that was second in the the San Vicente. And then he comes back and he wins by five, and he makes a really nice impression watching him train. And, you know, then you, you sprinkle in a few of these other ones. You know, Wrecking Crew, I don't think is quite up to these. Uh, he didn't run very well over an off-track last time in the Low South Futurity, but he was third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And so you some really good horses here. And I think legitimately you've got three or four horses that belong in just about everybody's top. 15 or 20 derby prospects. Absolutely. Well, something you pointed out in your article in the Blood Horse today, and I went back and watched the, the race. I, I did see it when it was run, was the grade three sham. And actually, Authentic made a sham out of the field. But man, he took some pretty drastic uh, green running, uh, you know, taking in the grandstand. He was coming down the stretches. And uh, from what I understand from your article, uh, even after that public workout, uh, Baffert's throwing in earplugs on this horse. Right. They're, they they believe that he might have reacted to the crowd noise. And, of course, he's green. It's his first time going two turns, just his second start. And as you alluded to, at about the approaching the eighth pole of the race. I mean, he almost took a left-hand turn into the rail. I mean, uh, scary. took quite a quite a, a good deal of agility from Drayden Van Dyke to stay aboard. Uh, but it was, uh, I mean, just talk about making some miscues, and he still wins by almost eight. A uh, very, very talented horse. Um, he's two for two. He's He's got speed. He's got 
talent, you know, we'll see if he can kind of put all this together. And then on the flip side, you have Thousand Words, who doesn't have any blowout victories. I mean, look at his running lines. You've got first by half length, first by a neck, first by three quarters of a length. I mean, he just likes, um, he's content to win by only what's necessary, and he's happy to win in a fight. But I tell you, I think this horse is just, he just got this just desire to win in the afternoons that I, that I really like. And I think he'll be the slightly better price of the two Bafferts. And I, yeah. although I respect them both, I, I, I'm kind of inclined to lean a little bit in his direction. Yeah, and you know, I noticed that myself. Uh, we're talking with Byron King from the Blood Horse. Uh, he just knows where the finish line is. Or Flavian Pratt is the perfect rider that knows how to time his rides. And but in two of those races, he had to gut it out with horses at his throat latch the whole way. Whereas in the Robert B. Lewis, I think he kind of got to get him to relax a little bit more and kind of. Boom, you know, bang Royal Act there uh, at the wire. Uh, you're going to see one gutsy horse, but you know what? For a million dollars, you should have a gutsy horse. I'm trying to think. Pomeroy's Pistol, who's a thousand words a sibling to? i not staring at the Pettigrew page in front of me, but I will tell you the Pomeroy's Pistol was a graded uh, performer on her own. So you may remember her as... Uh, you know, for her achievements, I want to say she was about like a, a seven eight to a mile kind of sprinter type, uh, and you know, was a really top class horse. I, I believe raced a lot of times in Florida um, with uh, Amy Turan. I believe was her trainer, but that's just uh, you know off the top of my All head. All right, I I just figured you know you you'd have that off the top of your head, so I didn't mean to quiz you on on your your pedigree page there, but uh, anyhow, for a million bucks, the, the horse has got to have a damn good female family uh, behind it. We're talking with Byron King from the Blood Horse. Well, I, I don't know if you had a chance to uh, to look at too many of the other prep races, but you know, uh, one that's going to I think get a lot of attention uh, on Saturday is going to be down in the warm weather at, uh, at Tampa Bay. It's the Tampa Bay Derby. And of course, chance it, uh, this guy, Safi Joseph, I don't know where he come from, but this guy is on fire right now. Um, he decided that that outside post was just too much, uh, in the race last week. Um, and decided to, to pull the horse. I think it was probably wise. And uh, so he's a Florida bred, won a whole lot of Florida stakes, but then came out of it in the mucho macho man and got up by a head. He, he, he's another one that seems to know where, where the wire is. So you, you got you got chance it in there, but of course, uh, I think the other horse has legitimized himself with his win in the Sam Davis at. Tampa Bay was solo Volante and man, Patrick being cones on fire, he could have two Derby starters. Yes. And this horse, it did benefit from a lightning fast pace when he won the Sam F Davis. But regardless, if people have not seen the replay of that race, tune in because usually you think of a horse that's rallying from 15 lengths up the pace. You think that they're going to make like this, devastating stretch move right but in his case his move was that second turn blowing by horses kind of thing i mean he went from 
15 lengths out of it to two lengths out of it. I mean, he was just, uh, I mean, that's just remarkable. Um, and he's just got a lot of acceleration and talent. He's three for four. And I think the win over the track gives him a real edge in here. And, and he would definitely be my choice. I would throw one kind of price horse that I that's kind of interesting is Spa City. Spa City, the number two. Uh, this is a horse that broke his maiden in very fast time, and he's trained by Kieran McLaughlin, who, of course, the big news of this week came out that he is giving up training to become the jockey agent for Luis Saez. But this is a is a fast horse. Uh, he got a really good number for his his win in a maiden race, and I think if you're looking for a bit of a price, uh, Spa City could be kind of interesting. Yeah, and and I and I just read before we went on air that Gary Contessa is going to quit training and become a jockey agent too. So, you know, I guess you know when what I read about Karen was you know the, the the expenses of being a trainer, but by the time you you pay all your help and you pay all the uh, the vet bill and the feed guys and stuff, you, you're not really making a killing even like you like you're done like you are with all these talented horses. Well, um, let, let's move on. I only got about two minutes left, Byron. I, I don't know, you know, a. Uh, a legendary race in its own right is the Gotham Stakes. You can go back to its first running. Uh, that was a nice little horse by the name of uh, Native Dancer. But since then, uh, it served as a very good launching point for some fantastic horses. And, uh, you know, there was one that uh, won the race uh, back uh Oh, in 73, his name was Secretariat. I think he went on to become a good one. Um, this race, it seems like uh, most of it points uh, the grade three Gotham at Aqueduct uh, to this uh, mischievous Alex, a service trainee that was pretty impressive in the swell. And certainly he's a very legitimate horse here. I think this race, in my mind, you know, because it's a one turn mile, doesn't carry quite the same derby significance. I think you, you tend to get a little bit more of these speedier types that I think people have a little bit of, you know, distance reservations over. Um, one horse that I'm intrigued by is Untitled, the number 10 horse. He was brought privately after a fast first out win and then bombed in the swale, but he had a poor trip that day. And then he came back and he ran at Tampa and he ran second to a very promising horse called Governor Morris, who is yes. likely for the uh, Florida Derby. That's a really nice horse, Governor Morris, who was second in the, the Breeders' Futurity last year. So that wasn't your ordinary second-place finish in in an allowance race that he turned in that day. And he really honestly looked like the winner on the turn. Governor Morris went under a drive, and it, it took him a long time to to wear him down. So I think if you're looking for alternatives, certainly mischievous Alex is rock solid, but you know, um, three to one on the line, you might get a little better price here with untitled. All right. Well, Byron King from the blood horse, I've got to close the show, but I'm closing it with a good man. I'll, Probably, I don't know if I'm going to see you in Kentucky next week or not, but either way, uh, remember uh, when, you, when you're out and about uh, the next two days, sunscreen. You got it, and I will see you. I will be at the, uh, the Jeff Ruby, as you have uh, mentioned you're going to be there, so that will be outstanding. It will be a uh, two pals meeting up again.
You got it. All right. Thanks so much, Byron King from the Blood Horse. I want to thank Jeff Bach from Turfway Park, and I want to thank you for listening. Remember, pull down our easy win form. So much good racing this weekend, and we got the winners for you over at Winning Ponies. So for my producer, Josh, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit VoiceAmerica.com. the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management every saturday morning listen for the superstar sports talk block on voice america variety we've got the best programs if you want to talk football hunting outdoors racing and more the weekends belong to sports and you'll find it every saturday beginning at 6 a.m pacific time and 9 a.m eastern time you'll hear from the players owners experts and fans from around the world it's the saturday superstar sports talk block wow that's a mouthful and it's only on the voice america variety channel have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content.